Thank you for listening in right now. Glad you could join us. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's have a conversation. Connect with Greener Thoughts online by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in the show notes. You can also connect via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. first start off with some quick shout outs, some amazing shout outs to an amazing person. I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Briny of Branded Management, who does work with Zolly Candy. And so I reviewed this amazing, naturally healthy candy company back in the podcast episode from the 26th of December back in 2019. And it was called Six need to know winter root vegetables, and I contacted Zolly Candy actually in late January this year, and he emailed back, and I'm so excited because I love Zolly Candy so much. It is super healthy, it tastes wonderful, it's amazing for you, and he did something really special, Mr. Briny, and he went ahead and sent a ton of different samples. So the package came today, and I am so, so thankful. My plans are for you to go ahead and enjoy the amazing candies and more in the amazing giftaways coming up, so be sure to keep your ears peeled for details. Alright, there are only a few different announcements for this episode. One of them is that... Uh, I want to wish you all a happy Black History Month. It is about to close as far as the month ending, so I want to wish you all one of the final um, uh, wishes of happy Black History Month, especially, um, you know, this um, episode because it is, you know, nearing the end. Also, I want to uh, let you all know that International Polar Bear Day is on the February 27th date. So that is this date of this episode. And then last but not least, Business Cleanup Day for Australia is the day after on February 28th. Next up is the segment, Headlines from the Hemispheres. It's a quick briefing on environmental news globally. So our first headline is all about bees, how amazing they are, but something that's going wrong lately. So the first headline, bumblebees can experience an object using one sense and later recognize it using another. So you can check out more about that news on ENN.com as Environmental News Network for more. So we all know that bees are brilliant in tons of different ways, many ways, and one of their newest ways is a bit sensory. So researchers at Queen Mary University of London and Mercury University in Sydney have published new work in the journal Science showing that bumblebees can also find objects in the dark that they've only seen before. In the light, 
but prevented from touching those objects, the bees, the bumblebees, were trained to find uh, rewarding sugar water in one type of object, so those would be cubes or spheres, and then bitter quinine solution in the other shape. Next up is the second headline. Quilters and knitters are mapping climate change. You can check out grist.org for more. So back in 2019, fairly recently, there was the newspaper, the Star, the St. Paul Star Tribune. It covered something really cool, something kind of quirky. And it covered a sort of um, company or sort of organization called Weather or Not that conducted one of the city's yarn stores. And it went by there and asked the knitters simply to make a temperature blanket or scarf that um, Knit Along was inspired by the Tapestry Project, which is a group that was founded in Washington State back in 2017 that has now have many different types of chapters all across the country here in the U.S. So climate crafting really isn't something new, even though it's new to me, but I love the phenomenon since going ahead and looking at uh, this news. It's really taken on by storm, um, slowly but surely, over the recent years. And so this type of art is really beautifully crafting um, and capturing a stega, steganography, which is the concealment of information, secret information, in plain sight. So like a code almost that only certain people can find out. This is what climate crafting is doing, and it's beautiful. So, you know, you may as well give it a try. Then lastly, the third and last headline is all about technology, but more specifically, what bots are doing now. So revealed, quarter of all tweets about climate crisis produced by bots. The Guardian via the Environmental Health Network is where this news was found. So bots are out of control, and they are really distorting the truth out there, especially about global heating and also climate change. So there are millions of different tweets that have been out there that have recently been analyzed around the uh, climate Trump uh, sort of situation. And what Trump is doing is he decided to go ahead and withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Climate Agreement. There have been many of us who have been following what he has been doing about climate change, and so I'm, I am familiar with him withdrawing from that pirate, um, Paris Climate Agreement. Recently, um, there was a Brown University study of Twitter bots and the climate, and that study has yet to be published, but if you aren't familiar with them, bots are a type of software that can be directed to autonomously tweet or even retweet. They can also like or direct message on Twitter under the guise of it looking like a human-fronted account. So the source for this podcast episode's news comes out of treehugger.com. And so the reason why this could be a really powerful episode for you, especially if you are a dog owner or have been, is so that you can take a look at what dog poo does, what it is, 
you know, not just in shape, but what it, you know, contains, how sick it can get you, how to prevent it uh, making you sick. I know uh, being a past dog owner that, you know, poo is not fun to deal with. You know, I get every uh, animal, especially mammals, they have waste, you know, just like us. You know, different types of, of bacteria live in their waste, sure, but it has to be dealt with. And so if you're going to have to clean it up regularly, you might as well know how to safeguard yourself so you don't get sick. There are tons, millions of um dog owners within the United States alone and worldwide it's way more. So I want us to, you know, dive in together and learn a bit more about dog poop, how we can clean it up as best we can, learn how to not make ourselves sick, and how to protect um, you know, those around us who happen to uh, also have dogs and may not know about some of the cautious things you should be aware about when cleaning up and making sure that you are safe and your dog is also safe because they can get sick too. So as far as U.S. dog owners, there's a percentage of households in the U.S. that, of course, own a dog. And that's about 38.4% of households that own a dog. Now, the number of U.S. households that own a dog, the uh, millions calculated, is 48 million two hundred fifty five thousand four hundred thirteen and then the number of dogs in the u.s alone is close to 77 million and that's as far as 2017 and 2018 statistics according to the avma now international dog owners like i said before they are in the millions as far as dogs as far as their numbers and so no continent alone is you know un um un uninhibited without dogs almost none so let's dive into the topic at hand and talk about those pooper scooper problems and let's dive into the first part about why is dog poop so dangerous so doggy do poo poo dog poop whatever you want to call it we know that it's full of bacteria Things like viruses also, and also nasty microbes that if left on the ground, which sometimes most often happens, they will eventually work their way into our springs, into our rivers, and also different types of storm sewers that we have around contaminating our drinking water. Other dogs, wildlife, kids, anyone can be affected by the bounty of bugs within dog's poop that contains things like adenovirus, parovirus, guardia, coccidian, roundworm, and also tapeworm, among other types of parasites. It also releases things like methane. Methane is one of the worst types of gases that we have, greenhouse gases, that are a part of our world because of what we do as humans. Now, things like poop or the excrement that comes from our bodies, cows, for example, dogs, humans, those have the buildup of methane in them, 80 times as powerful as carbon dioxide alone. Now, the use of trying to clean up uh, dog poop with things like compostable bags is fine, but also it's not as effective as you may think. Now let's dive next into 
the possible solutions in the mess of doggy doo. So a few different things, a little bit different, and then we're going to transition to some commentary, and then of course the Mother Earth Minutes. So Pooh is really, I guess, diverse in the way that you could use it. Me, I'm a bit skeptical in its use for something like energy, but there are places like the Park Spark Project within Cambridge, Massachusetts, for example, that has taken it upon themselves to go ahead and make things special and have a sort of methane digester near the MIT campus in which they use the fuel from that digester to power things like an old-fashioned lamppost. And they have also tons of other ideas for what they want to use for that digester in use of uh, the doggy do there for that digester. There are other places in the uh, world sphere where they are trying to cultivate ideas and mechanics and get that technology rolling to have other uh, doggy do digesters around. So places like Colorado, here in the U.S., abroad in England, and also Melbourne, Australia are some of the few places that are trying to make energy and digest dog poo and have it be um, sustainable as far as its energy output. So this topic is a bit of an outlier for me because I... I love pets. I've I've had my share of both puppies and kitties, and I for sure am a kitty person. I'm a cat person, cat lover. And um I know that dogs are, you know, such a different breed. I remember having in, you know, my household a terrier, terriers and pit, and pit bull mixes, small puppies and everything, just two. And uh, my sisters uh, had named them and and got on top of that and Went ahead and named them Sapphire and Ruby, just like the Pokemon games. If anyone is a 90s baby or millennial or someone who's young at heart, then you'll know definitely about Pokemon and about the different game types that have, you know, been, uh, as far as I know, in existence for a long time. And it's almost like they never stopped making different types of versions of their uh, Pokemon games and their Pokedexes and everything else. So I remember the days of, you know, walking Sapphire and Ruby outside and changing their poop, even in the winter. And they were just a delightful mess at times and, you know, loving their um, dog food off of the off of the um, floor and, you know, wrestling and having a fun time just being puppies. And this is during my middle school years, I think early also high school years, because we had them for a little bit. And I think less than probably three or four years. And, you know, there was a process of deworming them and trying to have them poop outside. Like I said before, in the winters, wasn't so fun because you would have to be out there with them. And we would have... Um, where they had cases of the worms or something. And it's like, how did they get that? And... Uh, they were pooping and, and the worms were just gross. I don't want to be too graphic with it, but anyone who's had um, a case of trying to deworm your puppies or your dogs, you know that sometimes the worms can linger for some time, but you have to get things like medication. You have to make sure your your puppy or your, your dog is well fed and that poop is out of there, no constipation, and you have to clean up all of that. So I remember thinking that 
you know, this is only temporary, sure. There's not always going to be warming problems, but I'm happy for experiencing that, for having the love for puppies, for Ruby and Sapphire, you know, them, you know, growing up probably, you know, now more so in different homes or maybe in the same home and them getting, you know, what they, um, you know, deserve as little puppies and, and, and now growing into terrier pit bull mixes. Um, our dad went ahead and I think he made it a point to go ahead and, and give them away because he knows, he knew that they were, you know, scary a little bit because they're dogs and they're pitbull mixes and he wanted to protect us in the way of sending them to someone who can maybe handle um you know dogs that are deemed as hostile or difficult to manage especially when they get older and he didn't want that to happen so you know they are on to have you know different homes better homes um i i think with the news of the dog poop digesters i personally don't believe something like dog poop can sustain the future that we need because there's too much poop out there and there's too little i think avenues to get it where it needs to be for it to see to be sustainable. Um, just thinking about the fact that old oh, dog poop could power our future is a bit off-putting. You know, it's it's dog poop. It is way smellier, a different type of smelly. And, you know, with all the viruses that could be in poop, of course there are viruses and bacterium in bacteria in human poop, sure. But we've already cultivated systems to deal with our poop. Now we have to sort of match that for dog poop that is a whole nother beast. You know, personally, I'm glad that I don't have uh, doggies anymore and to deal with their poop. But, you know, to ask someone, you know, maybe on the street somewhere, if they would think that our future, maybe here in the U.S. or even, you know, worldwide, would it be powered by poop? I doubt that they would say yes. There is the artist... Matthew Mazada, who was really idealistic and I think hopeful for cultivating more projects, more future projects around dog poop. And he was from the MIT project where he was working with the dog poop digester. He himself was talking about trying to make flames or create fire and other things from dog waste and, you know, trying to boil things like coffee or even to light something like a projector or create, you know, baking bread, you know, the mechanism, mechanisms for baking bread. I don't see anything wrong with his ideals, you know, in that way, trying to fashion it that way. Though for me, I know that I would not want to be eating bread if it was made from dog poop and that being in a digester. So we come to the Mother Earth Minutes which is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can do to combat the issue in the episode and protect Mother Earth. The message for this Mother Earth Minute is that you can do yourself and do your dog a favor by taking heed to these tips. Some of them you may have heard of before, some of them have been new maybe to you, 
and they're great different diverse simple tips that you can do to make sure you are getting rid of that poop safely and make sure no one is harmed in the process. One of the first tips is that you can simply flush the poop. So this is the act of flushing that dog poop. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, and also the National Resources Defense Council and RDC both agree that flushing simply is the best disposal method. Now, that doesn't really talk about the uh, methane gas release or the landfill waste or things like the water treatment plant and how those are maybe better equipped more often than not, but there is the septic system, which you'll have to, of course, check out if your installer or manufacturer is compliant with you, um, you know, disposing of non-human waste. That's something that you're going to have to check out if you so choose to use this method. I think it's a really great option. I have, uh, in the past, when I had you know, the puppies, Ruby and Sapphire, used the flushing method. It's great. It is convenient. You know, it, it doesn't back up anything. It is poop. As long as you go ahead and just get rid of it safely, of course, wash your hands, you know, before and using the bathroom, you know, whether it's flushing or you using the bathroom or whatever, uh, making sure you are sanitary and, you know, getting rid of that poop. Everything should be a-okay. There are other different types of uh, technologies or devices or other things that you can use. Something like Powerloo, which I didn't know was even a thing, is also an option. And so that's, I think, specific to pets, like dogs, and it deals with their waste. And there's a contraption that I think you can fit onto your toilet. And they even have their own website where they explain everything in detail. And it's called Powerloo with a two O, so L O O dot com. The second tip is that you can try a mini septic tank. Now, this could be easier for you, especially if you are the DIYer in your home or if you just love projects or just making something and digging up in the dirt. This is great because you can just add enzyme powder to that mini septic tank and you can water it weekly and then the poop will then dissolve and be smaller and smaller, kind of, you know, enrich your um, soil matter. Of course, you can, of course, um, make the distance a bit um, longer if you are near an apartment or house or anything like that, rural land, you can just set it aside and uh, leave it away from your property so that it doesn't contaminate any drinking water, especially if you dig um, too deep. So a few feet is you know, perfect for your mini septic tank. And then last but not least, number three, is to hire a composting company to go ahead and haul off the poop for you. So there are tons of different local composting companies out there. So all you have to do is just try to ask kindly if they are willing to pick up your dog poop. Now every company has their own policies. Some do not deal with pets, some do. And so with poop it's no different because you know you can technically compost poop, but if you want to be on the safe side, just you know ask if you know they're able to compost your dog's poop and you may want to use some biodegradable bags, you know maybe some paper bags of some sort something where it is also 
uh, biodegradable and safe, for instance. The eco fact of the day is that there are nearly 3 billion fewer birds today in North America than there were in 1970. More than one in four has disappeared. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the January-February 2020 issue. Here we are. We have come to the Eagle Company Spotlight. This is the time in Green of Thoughts where if you would love for me to go ahead and review your environmentally related product or service, you can definitely do so and let me review it, of course, and you can do so by voice message or email to me. For now, I've been reviewing tons of different companies, all for you, and giving you my best uh, reviews and what I think, of course, of them and my experience of them, and I've been doing so for a while since February 2019. One of the latest companies that I have for you to talk about and to hear about is called Karen's Body Beautiful. And because it's Black History Month, I've been doing tons of Black-owned businesses that you should know about. So Karen's Body Beautiful is the perfect piece to a collection of natural hair products that you have been craving. You can set your kinks coils and curls up to be cared for, nestled and also done right, and get some Karen's Body Beautiful products. Founder and CEO, Karen Tappan is part of a multi-billion dollar hair care industry about beauty and about hair, and she is making a trail all her own. She has transformed her natural hair and skincare line from a modest, home-based, and small, business into a booming and big hardy enterprise with powerful internet sales and mass market distribution. Regarding the commitment to sustainability, there are tons of different things, specifically the recyclable packaging and also the natural ingredients of Karen's Body Beautiful that does the job and makes sustainability seamless. For me, ingredients like their purified water, jojoba oil, Um, they also have ingredients like their aloe vera, argan oil, absorbic acid, castor oils, echinacea, essential and fragrance oils, horsetail extracts, metal foam seed oils, nettle, panthenol, potassium sorbate, sunflower oil, and also vegetable glycerin, vegetable wax, vitamin E, and more do wonders for your hair. As far as the press surrounding Karen's Body Beautiful, Karen's Body Beautiful has been featured in tons of notable publications with the likes of Allure, Black Enterprise, Ebony, Essence, Huffington Post, Hype Hair, Juicy, New York Daily News, New York Times, Vibe Magazine, and many, many more. Karen's Body Beautiful Hair Care has garnered awards from Jones Magazine, 
NaturallyCurly.com, and also Natural Review. The product selection of Karen's Body Beautiful is pretty vast, mainly because of their hair products, which they are notable for. Something like their Hair Blossom Moisture Mist, their Hair Nectar Leave-In Conditioner, and also their Holding and Styling Products, which they have a few of. And they're known for also their Sweet Ambrosia Leave-In Conditioner, their Ultimate Conditioning Shampoo, and many other hair products. As far as their body products, they have some also, like their Maximum Moisture Body Lotion, and also more types of products. Now, if you would love to go ahead and contact Karen's Body Refill, you can do so with their customer service, which the hours run Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and they're closed on federal holidays. You can give them a call at 800-628-2210, and you can email them at info at karensbodybeautiful.com. Now regarding my experience of Karen's Body Beautiful products, I fell in love with their luxe feel of their products because of the smell. For me, I love earthy, sweet smells, some spicy there, and with their line of products, it fits perfectly. With the product of their Sweet Ambrosia Leave-In Conditioner, it really does the job for me. And I love a good pump when it comes to its uh, hair care product. So something like Karen's Body Beautiful, it really delivers. It, for me, is great on its prices. It's accessible online, so you can also get it in-store in a few places, which I'm going to talk about a bit later. And it has diverse uh, hair care types that you can, of course, care for with your need that you're looking for. So whatever it is, they got you covered. So... If you go with Karen's Body Beautiful, she won't disappoint you. Karen's Body Beautiful can be found online at a few different places, like www.karensbodybeautiful.com, the website, Amazon.com, eBay.com, also Hitachi, Honeyfig, shop.naturallycurly.com, and other stores. Karen's Body Beautiful is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Karen's Body Beautiful, Instagram at Karen's Beautiful, LinkedIn at Karen's Body Beautiful, Twitter at Karen Tapper, and on YouTube at Karen's Body Beautiful. To contact Karen's Body Beautiful, you should go ahead and head over to their website, karensbodybeautiful.com. And click on contact us at the bottom of their webpage to go ahead and contact them. All right, everyone. I want to thank you for listening and tuning in all the way and checking out this amazing podcast episode about dogs and their poop. Making sure you are good for cleaning up their poop. Making sure that you are doing the right steps. We are doing the right steps and learning. And sharing this with any person who's a dog owner. I remember the days of poop and it really being hard to go ahead and maintaining, feeding, and cleaning up the, the puppies. Making sure that they're cared for. It was fun. And I learned a lot. And I hope you did too. I had fun with this episode. And I hope you did too. So, 
Until next time, please take care and you all have fun. Be sure to share with whomever you think would benefit from this podcast episode, especially if they're a dog owner. Until next time, please be sure to take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. Thank you and take care.